What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Bueller. This week, we got my guest, Jennifer Shrimp, on. Uh, She is a singer-songwriter from Annapolis, Maryland, and has a big show coming up uh, November 15th at 49 West Coffee House and Wine Bar, uh, where she'll be joined by Emma Myers, uh, Sarah Jean Kelly, and Madison Bailey, respectively. So definitely, if you're in the neighborhood there, definitely uh, think about coming out. Should be a fun show. Uh, in the episode, I featured her song "Never Let You Go," which we talked about in the interview. And you can find it wherever you listen to music. Uh, in our conversation, we discussed all kinds of topics. Uh, definitely talked a lot about music uh, as well as spirituality, uh, Reiki. Uh, Jennifer is actually a Reiki healer. Uh, we talked about uh, psychedelics and some other esoteric subjects. So. Definitely a really fun conversation. Don't always get to dive into all that stuff with every guest, so certainly cool. And uh, whether you are friends or fans of hers, hopefully you enjoy the episode. Uh, be sure to find her on all of her social media platforms if you want to help her out there. But uh, yeah, regardless, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for supporting local music and local art and all that stuff. Hopefully you're doing well. Um, weather is definitely gorgeous here in Maryland uh, lately. Nice and crisp. Um, shows are still going on and going good too. Uh, speaking of which, in personal news and notes, uh, me and the Hollow Truths will be at Steinhardt Brewing in Frederick, Maryland. Uh, it'll be Friday night, I think uh, 7 to 10 o'clock, something like that. So if you're in the neighborhood, feel free to stop by. Um, other things I normally mention podcast merch is available on Shopping Buy at the link. Um, in the episode notes, you should be able to find it there. Uh, part-time Rockstar Productions is going for all kinds of music videos, so if you need any help with that, you can definitely hook it up. And then uh, Truly Strings is sponsored the show based in Laurel, Maryland, where I take all my guitars. And uh, yeah, Steven is very good at what he does. But anyway, without uh, any further ado, we'll get to the conversation with Jeff. I can hear you. All right. Sometimes it doesn't work on the uh, on the first try, but Ew. um, yeah, I think I'm good to go. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> cool. Technically, we're not drinking alone, right? It's fine. Uh, you can definitely drink over a, a video chat. That's half the reason I started this thing. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. But yeah, how's uh, how's your evening going? 
it's going good. I'm like adapting to this fall transition. Um, but yeah. it's all right. It's all right. That's cool. Yeah. How about yourself? Yeah. I don't really like the, uh, once the lack of daylight. Once it starts, the day's getting shorter. It's, it's certainly not my favorite. Yeah. But, I think it uh, like affects some people more than others for sure. Yeah. But I have, I do have a happy light, which is helpful. Sometimes it's like, a 10,000 lots of this little guy right here. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's like mimic the sun, but I don't use it enough. I should use it more. Yeah, I think I need vitamin D in order to feel like happiness. To, like <laughs> feel like real... any normal emotion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I feel you. I feel you. But, uh, but yeah, uh, thanks for chatting and coming on the show. I don't remember exactly how we got into contact but it's usually the wonderful wide world of the internet and uh anyway. i know i follow you um on instagram and stuff like that so appreciate you taking the time and figure we just chat about what you're up to in the the music world cool yeah um what i'm up to in the music world so Fall is usually, for me at least, a definitely a, a time of writing. So I've been writing a ton of music, which is yeah. kind of always a problem for me. I have like this massive backlog of original songs and I'm super lazy when it comes to like, getting stuff recorded. Um, I put out an EP, I think two winters ago at this point um, with my trio. And that was like the first time I really sat down and got a handful of originals put out, um, which was awesome. Uh, I've just been super lazy since then getting this new music recorded, which again, it's almost like I just get backlogged and I don't know which one to, to pick. Yeah. Um, but I'm grateful in general to be able to like do this part time, like as for a living in a sense and be able right. to like fund my catharsis. <laughs> yep. That is the whole impetus of this show for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I've kind of I've dabbled a little bit lately and and really playing a lot over the last year. But in general, I've always kind of felt that like I like it music as an outlet and I like having a separate income, a separate thing that's just separate <laughs> in it. And it does like fun music in a way. Um and I don't know. Well, it takes the pressure off of it, right? right. Like it yeah. it makes it so like like um I think that, yeah, for me, I'm, I'm a very, like, multifaceted human in general. Like, I like to have my hands in different pots, and I like to, I get bored if I'm with something too consistently in terms right. of, like, career. So I like having that kind of flexibility. And also, I think I just get burned out, like, super fast. Yeah. Are you out playing gigs a fair amount in the summer, or not really? Yeah, so pretty much, I mean, it's gotten, so I started playing out two years ago i used to play out before very rarely i would only do like original shows i wasn't doing cover songs i wasn't able to do like three hour right. um gigs like no way shape or form i was really sick for like a long time with lyme's disease and um about three yeah. years ago we kind of got it figured out and suddenly that like crippling stage fright that it kind of held me back for a long time like dissipated yeah. and i was able to suddenly start my music career <laughs> which was pretty wild 
did you get like the malaise like with limes like where you're just tired all the time or like uh, yeah i got hit hard so i i had it for we think my symptoms started when i was about eight or nine oh so i had it for a really long time um and yeah it was i had multiple different types of diagnosis a lot of it was you know fatigue the joint pain like your common stuff but i also had really horrendous like anxiety and like depression so that was i mean to a point where until i got it resolved like i couldn't so yeah. like two years ago was the first time my friend was like you should start gigging and i was like i think maybe i can do that now like i think i've like i could get through that but i used to have really bad like physiological reactions like on stage my whole face would get really red my chest would get bright red I would oh, wow. feel like I couldn't breathe. Yeah, like panic attack yeah. stuff. So I, I just avoided yeah. playing out really and just did it for myself. Um, but here and there, I would get like little, little patches of feeling okay yeah. enough to like go play a show here and there. And then I get done and be like, okay, I'm good for like two more years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I might have been nervous when I was a kid playing, but I honestly feel like I've been playing. I pretty much just played drunk through my twenties, so it was hard to tell. Yeah, okay. Okay. I, I don't think I started playing shows like sober or sober-ish till I was like thirty. <laughs> so, then I was like, I guess I was sort of like over it by then. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Yeah, you kind of like tricked your way into like out of stage right with alcohol. Yeah. Or maybe you just didn't have it. You might um, I, think, I think sometimes you feel nervous for sure. If there's a bunch of people, everyone's staring at you. I think you. you should, right? I think it's yeah. like if you don't, there might be something. I might be a little more concerned if I didn't have any anxiety at all. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so since I started playing out two years ago, it's just like incrementally getting busier. Um, yeah. So like this time last year, I think I had maybe like four gigs booked for like the whole month and like pretty much playing every weekend this month and next month and and booking out until february now um so it's yeah it's it's kind of just like snowballing a little bit like in its own natural way um and i just i kind of whatever comes to me i'm just i either feel like it's for my best good or it's not i say either yeah. say yes or no depending on like what the vibe is of the place because my music's pretty chill like Nobody's shaking their ass to my piano music. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. laid back. So like rowdy bars, I don't do well in uh, like dinner service kind of stuff, you know, very like yeah. laid back. Oh, it's cool. I, I know the grind. It looks like you're, uh, <laughs> you're kind of uh, doing, yeah, like wineries and like uh, some of the spots around like Annapolis and uh, even Alexandria and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of like word of mouth, really. Yeah. Um, I'm still working on like obtaining that level of confidence to like approach a restaurant and be like, can I play here? Like, I don't think I'm there yet. <laughs> even though you <laughs> have I'm working a, on it. even though you have a itinerary full of them. It's weird, right? Yeah. yeah it's weird. Hmm. I don't know. Working just, on it. Yeah. Just bring your resume printed out, ready to go. Sure. It makes it yeah. easy. <laughs> yeah. Good uh, point. But, uh, but yeah, I know what you mean about kind of starting in the original world and then somehow over the course of years, you like start playing covers. I don't know what happens exactly. Maybe it's just, you've learned enough of a back catalog and you start feeling comfortable, but, um, but yeah, it looks like you have, uh, what's the, the next one is November, 
15th? Is that correct? At 49 West? Oh, the next original show? Yeah. 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 So that'll be that'll be a good one. We have Sarah Jean Kelly who's touring through. She reached out to me about like a month and a half ago, maybe a month ago. Fall has my timeline all twisted up, but she reached out to say that she was coming through. And so I was like, oh, great. Like, so we put a little a little showcase together. We have Emma Myers on that one and Madison Bailey as well. So that'll be a really cool show. Nice. Yeah. Very talented women. For sure. I'll have to uh, tag them in this episode too. See if I can find some of their stuff. Yeah. 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 They're all over. Yeah. So when you're uh, working on a new album, you kind of mentioned, I guess, working on it now that, um, okay. like, you're not quite sure about sometimes in the writing process where, where to either where to go or which songs to record. Is that what I was kind of understanding, or am I way off? Um, no, you're you're on track. I think the issue that I run into is that I just keep writing, <laughs> like. Oh. Yeah. Um, and I, I have these new songs come up and then I have this like backlog of older songs that I also love, but I feel like, do you ever have this? It's not really an issue. It's just kind of like a process. Like when you write a new song and you're like, you're into it. So you're playing it like all the time. And then all yeah. of a sudden you're like, not, <laughs> you're like, you're yeah. like, I really liked that, but I kind of burnt myself out playing it so much. Um, and also like when I, I, I work, I get music. And for me, it's like therapy. It's like getting something off my chest, unloading some some energy yeah. that I have like stuck within me, right? Um, so it's a, it's a cathartic process. So once I get it out and it's there, like it's a part of me. Um, and I, so I, I kind of like move past it sometimes. Like well, I'm done. Um, but I think right now my the challenge I'm running into it. Should I bring back some of these old older like classic originals um, or? I think I just need to stop writing for a while and like force myself to, to narrow down. So at this point in the conversation, my Bluetooth headphones died and I had to call Jen back. Yeah, it's cool. But um, anyway, I guess to pick up where we were, uh, you're just saying, you know, writing is catharsis and, you know, an outlet. And that, uh, if I'm correct, um, it's just hard to stop writing, which sounds like a good problem to have. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, it can be certainly like a good a good problem until like you almost have you have like too many songs and it's hard to like narrow down which ones you want to. Like at this point, I think I'm just gonna like write them down, throw them in the hat, and like pick out my next album. <laughs> yeah, just, just. I'm getting to that point, man. I'm just like, mm, all right. I would just pick like your favorite lyrics from each one and plug them into ChatGBT and have it rate them and see which ones. And then there you go. You know what? I haven't I haven't messed with ChatGPT in that. I think it's it's really interesting like the direction that songwriting is heading because of ChatGPT. Like I wonder if like, I wonder what the consequences are going to be, right? Yeah. I mean, without getting too far into the weeds, I've already assumed AI has probably been writing songs for a while now, but I have no real oh, proof, for sure. yeah. pr- proof of that. Yeah. Right now, we just use ChatGBT to uh, write short stories of making fun of each other in my current friend <laughs> group. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> it's, uh, 
it's getting a little ridiculous this week. We might have, might be getting ourselves into the weeds here too far, but I'm uh, like I'm more curious to write like what you ask ChatGPT to write about versus like what ChatGPT <laughs> comes up with. <laughs> well, we've definitely tested the boundaries of its ethics and morals. That's for sure. <laughs> we've learned where to go and where it won't. <laughs> so that's so yeah. funny. Yes, wild times. For you guys sure. could uh, print those conversations out and give each other like a book for Christmas. That is a great idea, actually. <laughs> We're gonna have like the so top. even just <laughs> even just publish it. I'm sure it has some rich stuff in there. <laughs> oh yeah, they're they're getting good for sure. <laughs> it's dangerous what you can do with the internet now. Really is, really is, yeah. But uh, as someone who's somewhat inclined to write myself, um, I always have kind of been like a lyrics first type of person. Oh, okay. And I'm not saying that, that, that there's like a right or wrong way to do it. Obviously, everyone seems to have a, I've talked to a lot of people and everyone seems to have like a slightly different uh, take on on it all. And I'm just curious, like uh, if you have a strategy at all or if not. Yeah, so mm, I have two two kind of different ways of going about it. The first one is the most rare, but it's also like the one that's like kind of my favorite. I'll hear the melody right. um, in my head. I'll hear the melody in my head and I'll hear some lyrics to it, like in a sense, but it's like just more of like a sound, um, not, not like completely interpreted at that point and then that's when I'll like I'll get to my keyboard or my guitar and I'll start like working on that melody and like build the song from that point and then the most common way is what I like to call like the vomit technique where I basically it just all kind of comes out of me at once like really fast um like 15 to 20 minutes the whole song is there um and it's almost always something that I'm trying to process internally and I had like a block with my own mind trying to process through things. And that's when like the song comes to play. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't even know if that's really a process. It just kind of like happens and happens really yeah. fast. Like 15, 20 minutes, the whole song is done. Um, do you like journaling then as well? Have you ever done that or no? Yeah. Yeah. I do some journaling. I do yeah. definitely do some journaling. Um, but it's weird. I never like, I don't like sit and write like poetry or anything like that. Like I, yeah. my journaling is very like very left brains, like yeah. <laughs> analyzing situations and stuff. Um, and then music is definitely like the flow state, um, like the creativity um, when it comes to songwriting. Yeah. I always try to dream journal and interpret my dreams, but I haven't cool. not, yet, not yet come to very many conclusions. So, yeah. Do you lucid dream at all? Like, no, you like know when you're dreaming in your dream? Uh, sometimes. That's pretty cool. That's, that's not super common. If you, if you are dream journaling and you, you do that consistently, like, I know sometimes I'll do like a voice note when I first wake up because yeah. it's like annoying to write shit down. Exactly. Um, so I'll do a voice note. Um, so apparently, if you do that consistently and you go back and you listen to your voice notes, you're more likely to start like you're going to start having more lucid dreams because it programs your brain to like recognize when you're dreaming exactly which is wild yeah, no, yeah. It's, dreams, it, are, dreams are awesome hell yeah 
it can definitely be a practice if you wanted to. But mm -hmm. Yeah. Then again, you can yeah. probably go too far with it. I'm always interested in the nap cycle of dreams where you're like half awake and half sleep. Like, because oh, I, like that deep theta state. Yeah, I think it's usually like the last REM cycle. But then again, oh. sometimes it's like a nap state too. I don't know. Um, a lot. I know a lot of artists have kind of talked about it as it because you kind of hear those melodies and you hear those like little guitar riffs or piano riffs or whatever it might be kind of right before you wake up and you're always like, damn, I want to remember this. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They did. That's that. It's like that nap, like half asleep, half awake stage where our, our brain waves are in theta state. And it's like a really good kind of hypnotic, like if you have affirmations or, or things that you want to manifest, like that's the state to do it in because that's when your brain is like, kind of like actively rewiring your your network at that point in time um yeah a lot of i know a lot of creatives that have a lot of really big things come to them in that state it's a it's like a meditated meditative yeah. state basically yeah yeah I'm, I'm not sure exactly uh how to use it per se but do you find uh, personally that like it's helpful to try and, and manifest stuff like that are you into that sort of thing or is that too far woo woo no, I'm super woo-woo. Um, <laughs> yeah. I actually, one of my, like, three months ago, I had moved to brick and mortar. I've been doing, I'm a Reiki master, and I've been doing Reiki oh, wow. um, for the last two years, like, from my home. Yeah. And I finally got to the point where I was like, I need to move this stuff out of my house and, like, have an actual place to, like, yeah. work with clients. Um, so I've been doing that, um, but I also do, like, coaching in a sense right i help teach people how to get into meditative states i help teach them how to regulate their nervous system um and a lot of that is done through reiki which is just kind of like subtle energy so so woo woo i got you i'm, I'm there no, i'm hot i'm like i'm like in outer space <laughs> no it's cool you uh you might have just picked up yourself another client here i love reiki. <laughs> <laughs> i got i will i will definitely like just give you one like on the house for for doing this podcast situation i got you i'll take care of it <laughs> awesome yeah, yeah. I mean, i'm not a not a, like a, a regular per se but i like i've definitely dived into it here and there throughout uh my existence i guess just always trying to learn about stuff and like i found it every time like super super helpful i've never had like a bad experience really yeah, I mean, there's there's so much of this world that we, you know, we only we see such a tiny sliver of all the spectrums, right? There's so yeah. much going on around us all the time. Um, I, I think it, there's like a mystery to it that's really beautiful. And um, yeah. Yeah, it definitely freaks me out to think that our brains are literally programmed to take stuff out uh, of our perception rather than oh, yeah. like we pick up, what is it, five or 10%. Yeah, the spectrum, I think it's like 7% of the visible light spectrum, like that we're able to see. And like, yeah. this has always been my theory with like, people that are psychic or energy workers or people that can see spirits. I, I can't, I'm not in, I don't get too deep into that stuff. But like, if you think about it, human beings, they can only see 7% of the light spectrum. Yeah. Not to imagine that there's genetic variation amongst the general population, right? So you're going to have a percentage of people that a little shifted on that seven yeah. percent you know they can see a little bit more this way less this way maybe maybe a little bit more in both directions 
those are your people that can see like spirit and that can see other dimensions and other entities like they're just shifted they're just genetically a little bit different <laughs> i mean yeah. i think that's that's my theory i'm sticking to it <laughs> no this is awesome i'll get to talk about this a ton so if you want to hear <laughs> like an, another wild hypothesis of mine mm -hmm. it's that mm -hmm. essentially schizophrenic uh genetically inclined people i think are i guess that would be like the scientific way of classifying someone who might be like uh inclined telepathically or whatever like anything weird like that oh like, absolutely absolutely and my my current sort of working theory is like maybe you know it's a genetic mutation to be schizophrenic but like like with all mutations like in evolution like eventually ones like kind of take hold that are like useful or like progressing the species and i've always kind of thought that like maybe it's like people just aren't ready to be schizophrenic yet <laughs> if if you will yeah but like future yeah. ge generations god knows how far away will like won't be classified necessarily as schizophrenic anymore it'll just be like what you need to process reality because we're more capable evolutionarily yeah. of like picking up more senses in your brain kind of like we were saying Absolutely. before about the spectrum yeah, and, and schizophrenia is an interesting one because it's it's pretty consistently been, well, since we've been keeping track, a certain percentage of the population that gets it, unless it's like drug induced or like brain right. damage induced. It's pretty consistent. I think it's like 1%. It's not, not big. But the thing is, it's also our culture. So when we were in tribal societies in these smaller, like 200 and less groups, when somebody developed schizophrenia, um, especially like in a younger age, it, they were actually deeply respected and considered right. to be in tune with spirit and with God. And they were usually yeah. the ones that ended up being the shaman or the elder, right. you know, medicine woman of the group, because they claimed that they were more in touch with the spirits than others. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, modern day medicine has kind of twisted that around. And I'm not saying that schizophrenia doesn't exist. I've, I've seen the brain scans. I know that it's there, but I do think that a lot of times because schizophrenia most often comes up early twenties. And that yeah. is when you're kind of being exposed to like the way the world really is. Like the shelter is coming off, right? Yeah. And that can be very hard for a lot of people. And I think a lot of people wake up to the realities of the world almost too quick, either through an experience or they're genetically predisposed to not handle the stress well. And they start, the blinders come off, right? And they see all the fucked up shit that's going on yeah. in the world. And they see through, you know, the manipulation, the distortion, the media, all that they see through it. And that is, shattering yeah. to a psyche like that can absolutely throw somebody off the edge make it hard for them to come back that awakening the spiritual awakening process for sure um that's why you shouldn't do like a lot of psychedelics ask yes exactly <laughs> exactly because you can go off the deep end and it's hard to come back you can come back but it takes a lot of work oh so. man Starting to preach to the choir now here real good yeah it's, it's um, kind of like it's like it's like getting an upgrade on like a 90s mac computer you know what i mean it's like getting the like <laughs> like a brand like a the most recent mac update like on a 90s computer like yeah. you gotta do the work you have to do the work well i think the best like synopsis i've heard on like maybe like using psychedelics if there's a therapeutic use in a general sense is like obviously when you're younger like you're becoming a person like you or a personality like you're well, right. like hardening your ego as it were 
like throughout childhood up until and you're being programmed in every direction programmed yeah you can't help it it's the way she goes the way of the road and i'm not necessarily saying this is a bad thing at all i'm just saying this is a part of just being a person i guess but and then i think if you intervene with that process too early like i don't know if you start dropping acid when you're in high school or younger i don't really think that's ever going to end up well most of the time because you haven't fully formed like your own personality yet yeah and like the best meme i think i saw and it was like your job up until 25 or so is to like form your ego your personality and then after 25 it's actually to become a kid again in a way yeah you're relearning yeah yeah it's like sort of not to break it down but to like you build and then you shed yeah yeah, it's like a process and like if you mess with that too much um yeah you could be in trouble i guess but it can be extremely so sorry go ahead no 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 i was just gonna say there's like different types of the psychedelics right so so there's plant medicine which i feel is completely different from your lab made stuff um yeah like you have your yeah yeah so like the experiences are going to be different especially if you're doing the psychedelics in a ceremonial um situation where you're being guided by shamans and you have a support system there that can be an incredibly quick efficient successful way to get like trauma out of the body like old stuck trauma old stuck ways however what happens is you have these people these kids that have so like immense amounts of trauma abuse whatever that typically do tend to move towards the drug spectrum right they wanted yeah. to get these they want to avoid these feelings so they, they move towards the drugs they get their hands on psychedelics they're being thrown into the dark place when they don't have any proper training yeah. You know, I mean, that's what a bad trip is. You're being thrown into the darkest, dirtiest, nastiest part of your psyche, and you're being, you're being forced to face it, and they're not prepared in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, yeah. and that could be trauma-inducing on its own. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. How do you feel about like trauma being like what it is now, being like kind of like a buzzword and and all that? I know it's like a broad subject, but like, do you feel? it's uh rightly justified and like a good w- way to go about you know getting better loosely i guess you could say as a person but or do you think it's i don't know i'm curious you're saying it has sort of become like a buzzword but i think it's becoming a buzzword because we are collectively so so trauma is different now trauma we, we've had a long cycle of humanity and, and being in a very dark place right well, times like we had some rough patches of human existence um where we didn't live past 30 you know you had lost three kids to have two um we went through some really significant trauma and the thing is like that that trauma that we went through during that time it is still with us it's in our dna we carry that trauma um so right now humanity is still going through and in, i mean i'm sure you feel it as well if you're tapped in at all we're going through this this, we're going through like a big phase right now. This is a big yeah. change. People are waking up, like the energy is shifting. Things are going to get more chaotic quickly. And a li- um, an enlightenment. Yes, absolutely. Um, so we're we're finally feeling and expressing this trauma. That's why you're seeing it become so popular, right? Because all these yeah. generations that we've been carrying this pain on our backs, right? Like we're finally getting to a point where we have time and space and peace to like sit and process um, but as that comes up and as we process it, we're going to see the chaos get, get louder around the world, right? 
because it's yeah. like a, it's, it's birthing pains to the next phase <laughs> yeah if you want to hear like some really wild woo woo stuff like i was listening to a podcast and somebody you don't have to ask permission just just <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've already broken that barrier long ago. we broke the ice yeah we're we're long gone so apologize to anyone listening who's just like what the hell but yeah, um, they love it um like I was listening to some podcasts on the West Coast and like, I guess this tech company claimed they could measure like the Hertz field in the atmosphere, blah, blah, blah. They like try to like measure the zeitgeist, like in an actual measurable way. And I have no idea if this is possible, but to measure like the human consciousness, like our universal consciousness, kind of, I yeah. probably, yeah, our, our resonance. I mean, from a sheerly mathematical point of view, you can measure a wave and that's oh yeah effectively what everyone carries within their brain waves they were trying to say you can measure it sort of on a mass scale uh, which i guess you definitely could if everyone had a brain implant but beside yeah. the point um <laughs> like they were saying i think in 2020 kind of before all the pandemic hit and all that like we were rising really high towards a you know crazy sort of renaissance enlightenment phase we still yeah, are we were but it would, they were saying kind of then we took a big nosedive, obviously, and we're kind of, it's coming back again. We're in this wave cycle, you know? Yeah. And it's, I mean, not to get too controversial, but it's, when you look at the big scheme of things, and that's, I, I believe that is true. So the Schumann resonance, you can measure, it's the vibration of the earth. And when we have spikes, we have spikes and dips in the Schumann resonance when there's like chaotic things that happen on earth. Um, we do, we are all tuned into each other and we do when there's, um, something big and dark and heavy that happens, like it will affect you on the other side of the earth and you won't even know it. Um, like we're, we're, a lot of us are feeling, you know, Israel and Palestine right now, we're feeling Ukraine, we're feeling all these things. But, um, I think there are certain powers that be that don't want this renaissance to happen. Oh, of course. (laughs) <laughs> like they don't want this rise of consciousness. They don't want us to wake up and realize that no, we no, we don't need three Bugattis. Like we want to help our neighbor. You know, yeah. like they don't they don't want that awareness to come through. So you're going to see systematic, organized um, fear mongering. Essentially, there there's this it happened with co. I mean, there's multiple layers to it, but yeah. majority of it is like they don't whether they're blocking out the sun or whatever. Like they're finding ways to keep us from mass not necessarily uprising but becoming aware of what's going on unfortunately for them like there's it's 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 steamrolling like it's happening and they can't stop it and they're realizing that oh shit we probably can't stop this that's why things are escalating right now they're getting so intense because they're trying everything that they can i mean look at how like media is getting like like even music like pop music is getting like really dark and satanic you're seeing these like these pools yeah. to pull people's vibrations down. Um, but unfortunately for them, again, as I said, it's it's too late. <laughs> Humanity is waking the fuck up. Yeah, it's wild. I feel like we, need, we need to spark up a joint right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel you. I feel you. They haven't, been, um, they haven't invented the technology to pass it through the portal here. Right? Yet, Wouldn't that be cool? That'd be super cool. Eventually, there'll be um, a little like microwave box in your laptop where you could just put something in and then oh close, my God, close the, the door day. and then pass it and like text it to somebody if you don't want to like what a wild day that would be <laughs> i 
I feel like it'll. I don't happen. know. I feel like we're not we're not too far off. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked. Um, yeah, man. So like, so we're this is you know this is the episode to be here. This is this is show yeah. Earth episode whatever. Like this is the time to be here. It's gonna be a wild ride. Nice. I'm fired up. You, you got me going now. Um, <laughs> so to bring it back to the music, like, do you feel like, I guess, like, you know, that energy is kind of, I don't know, pervading everyone to some degree. So do you, do you feel that's yeah. where, you know, where your writing's coming from? Or actually maybe a better question is like, how do you steer your writing? You know, once you feel the inspiration um, how do you guide it? Or is I that really just don't. Not a, not a good question. Yeah, okay. I really know it's it's a it's a great question, and I, I had to think about it because I was like, "Huh? Do I like? Do I guide? Do I funnel? Do I? What do I do here?" And I think I I almost have to always go through this question when I'm writing music, like because I write a lot of sad original music write a lot of sad songs i write some happy songs but i write a lot of sad mostly about like heartbreak and uh i uh yeah so i i feel like i kind of get to this point where i'm like oh another heartbreak song and then the part of my brain that needs this to get out is like fuck yeah another heartbreak song like yes (laughs) we're doing this like who gives a shit we're writing music for us like if people like to listen to it that's a perk like that is a perk but like this is our process for our existence on this planet right like yeah. faith my time me being here like this is part of how i live and it happens to make somebody else feel something or have them you know make the, get the courage or the the you know the bravery to get up and leave whatever like whatever isn't working for them um, and i'm happy to provide that that energy um but in, in terms of funneling it and like kind of moving in direction i really don't i just whatever comes up and comes out is like um happens right like it just kind of happens and i i kind of give myself permission to allow it to be whatever it ends up being and just love it for what it is or hate it sometimes i hate my own songs but um that happens honestly sometimes the more i hate them it's like the more i need to love them like i need to learn how to love them that makes sense yeah respect what was the last song you wrote that you were fired up about? And like, what was it about? Ooh, okay. This is good. Um, so speaking, I, I wasn't sure if I want to talk about this, but I, again, like, I, I just don't really care. Um, the, <laughs> last song, the last song that I wrote was one of the songs where um, I heard the melody before, right? right. Yeah. These rare occasions. And I had recently been to Costa Rica at a yoga retreat for about 10 days and nice. yeah it was i love costa rica it's like my favorite place on planet earth um and the day that i show up to the retreat they're like are you here for plant medicine week <laughs> and i was like i did not know that that was happening but yes i will partake um <laughs> so i ended up doing yeah one in rome right and i felt like it just kind of fell into my lap and i was in a good place mentally and physically i was like okay i could do this i didn't get Plant medicine will call to you and it will tell you when you're ready. And if you're not ready, it will be very clear. Like, don't do this. Um, So I didn't get any of that. Don't do it. I got, you need to do this. So I ended up doing Bufo, Elevaris, which is 
probably the most potent hallucinogenic known to man. It's the um, the Buffalo toad. Yeah, it's not very often I learn about a new drug. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you're you're schooling me here. This is cool. Yeah. So it's 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 five meo DMT. All right. It is a. I guess the best way I could explain the experience was I died and then I came back and I saw the other side for like a brief three yeah. minutes, maybe three minutes, give or take. Um, but the whole experience as a whole was like maybe 15 to 20 minutes, but it was yeah. absolutely profound. And when I came, basically you, you smoke it, you disappear, you die for a moment. This, what the theory is that you're suddenly, your brain is going from using, you know, 35 to 40% all the way up to a hundred for a millisecond. Yeah. And it's such an intense download that you black out. Like it happens so quick, your brain can't handle it. But when you come back, like for me, when I came back the hall, um, sacred geometry, oh, multicolor, yeah. technicolor all around me. And it was like for that brief moment, I was seeing every dimension around me at once. And mm -hmm. I felt, you know, that everything is love. We're all the same thing. I am you, you are me. We're all an expression of consciousness. Um, but I heard a song when I came back. Oh, that's cool. And I heard a, heard a melody and it was very angelic, very, um, very deeply moving. And I was able to find a, um, a song online afterwards that somebody had mentioned to me that was a song because I sung it to her, to her and she was like, oh, I've heard that before. So apparently other people have heard this melody after having this Bufo experience. So anyways, I came back. I could not get the melody out of my head. So I wrote a song with that melody. And I I thought about writing it like, oh, let's write it like, you know, happy, love and light. It's like that's how I felt during Bufo. And then something inside me was like, no, we're going to. We're going to sing about how people suck. <laughs> so I like, nice. I wrote this song kind of about, um, not about how people suck, but I'm being dramatic, but it was about how, um, sometimes I, I have a hard time. I'm a very loving person and I like to give, to give to the people that I care about. And I, it's sometimes you have to remember that not everybody is going to love the way that you do. Right. Yeah. Um, everybody's different everybody's had their own experiences their own trauma whatever like that everybody is going to be as um people are going to be assholes and like it's it's inevitable but i've been naive to it in the past and i recently the last couple of years kind of learned like oh i need to like assert my boundaries and like protect myself and be more careful about certain characters i let into my life and um this song was was kind of about that it was kind of explaining how why it made sense that I would do certain things, but why somebody else wouldn't do them. And it was because they haven't, the ultimate premise of the song was like, some people haven't really felt like universal love. They haven't felt that deep connection. They haven't felt yeah. um, love. They haven't felt love, you know? Yeah. And they explain some of their behaviors. Yeah. It's really strange. Like to think kind of about it when you have had like an experience like that, like, I don't know, because it's like where I think compassion emanates from. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause like like I, true, raw compassion. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, again, not to be too hippy dippy here, but I was a paramedic for a long time. And my main motivation behind that, you know, was to like, in a way, test myself, of course, kind of put my mm -hmm. money where my morals were <laughs> and find out. Yeah. And like, yeah, I don't know if you. If I could do that, if, for instance, I had never felt that, you know, uh, 
what you're describing. I don't know. Yeah. Like if I was beat on every day at school or something and like just wanted to inflict pain on the world afterward to be a bully or something. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. And so that's where I feel like for me, I've always tried to have that neutral playing field of just like, you have no idea where other people's experiences were. So like, you have to like put that aside and just help them anyway. And just like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's good to kind of take a step back. I, we have a tendency to, to take things personally when people do us wrong. Right. When I think for me, a big stepping point in my development was instead of taking it personally, um, trying to find like making the boundary, getting them out of your life. But instead of seeking forgiveness in them, kind of like finding the empathy and the compassion within you to be like, okay, it takes some real pain to be able to inflict that kind of pain on someone else. Yeah. Like doesn't sure. it doesn't get them off the hook or excuse them in any way shape or form but like you have to see them as a human being a a part of you honestly and realize like in order to do that like and deal with the conflict all like they really have to be in a dark place like it's it's gotta hurt to be able to do that kind of hurt you know what i mean um and then it just kind of like frees up some space within you yeah it's like the health like there is a healthy way to help people like me me and one of my medic partners for a long time like we were super tight but she kind of had the opposite problem well like i have a problem usually despite the having a podcast here but like i'm not usually the most social people or person um, especially <laughs> in like a crazy situation i'm i'm less about words and more like all right what actions do we need to take to save your life or fix this problem whereas yeah. she was always more of like kind of like magical she could kind of fix it without a ton of intervention she could just kind of talk her way in and out of everything but with that came like of course a little bit different set of problems where you can get too involved and and like to a point you know she definitely explained that like it was it was painful for her uh often way more so and she would tell me that she's like i don't understand how you can like kind of separate yourself from like still be in the situation still present but like you don't seem to buy in as much. And we learned a lot from each other, you know, because she helped me. Like, Yeah. She did help me to, like, buy in more, but she kind of had to buy in less. You know what I sure. mean? Sure. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I feel like, too, with paramedic, like, with that whole world, there's, there's certain people, like, in our population that work so super smoothly under pressure like it turns right. something on in them and they just hyper focus they you know yeah. they they don't get that the cortisol spike like works for them the adrenaline spike works for them right um and i've noticed too that the people that usually have that ability they aren't the most social people yeah yeah they kind of like they they want the low end of the stimulation spectrum and like socially but then when the when the intense moments hit, they're like they're on, like they are yeah. tuned in. <laughs> I feel that completely. That's, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a total gift. That's a that's a rarity, and it's a total gift. Yeah, maybe I don't know, but <laughs> I think of it, <laughs> I think of our chemi- biochemistry is it's all a drug. So like to me, it's just a matter of tolerance. <laughs> it's like yeah, thoughts are drugs. Yeah, once you build up a tolerance to something, you could sort of like. Oh well, 
woohoo, let's go. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> like, Did you find like early in your your career that was it like a learning curve for you or did you kind of like how did that oh, work yeah. for you yeah yeah because definitely at first the the catecholamine shock was like real it's just kind of like uh i don't know i can't think right now like i can't mm-hmm. think straight because like like i'm calm but i literally can't think my thoughts <laughs> very well because yeah. i'm like yeah. trying to figure out what the best move is here i'm trying to like calculate some math problem to drop some drug or something um like you know eventually just i think it is tolerance you just get so used to it that your nervous system's just like i don't know it becomes numb to it i think it's it's interesting too because isn't there like a physiological reaction that you have zero control over like when you see like blood or guts or gore definitely at first yeah, 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 yeah. My, that's that's interesting. Yeah, my my general conclusion that I've I've come to on that, I guess, is like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's as healthy. I guess. I mean, I don't want to say people shouldn't do certain things like a job like that, but I mean, I think the human brain, on average, was just only meant to see a certain amount of like catastrophe. Yes, absolutely. That's why the like, like PTSD is a real thing. <laughs> and if you go past that threshold, you're starting to get into dangerous waters. Because yeah. it's like, on average, if we lived in the village, like you were saying, something bad only happened like once in a blue moon, once every year, couple years, maybe yeah. less, maybe less, something truly traumatic. Yeah. Um, unless shit's hitting the fan, there's a war going on. But even then, it might only be one war in a lifetime or something. So, I don't know. I used to... Yeah, that's that's intense because it's... I, just, I never really thought about it that way. But you have, you have EMTs, you have people seeing trauma like on a daily basis. Like, and you're attuning your body to those those spikes, right? Like those... Yeah, it becomes your normal. And I used to... Yeah, I, I wow. stopped I stopped calling it going to work. I started calling it going to war. Oh. I was just like... That's what I'm. That's what I'm fucking doing. Like, yeah, I mean, no, no joke. Like, seriously. Like, I feel like with with surgeons. So my my dad is a surgeon, and he worked at um, um at PG County and Anne Arundel Medical Center in the yeah. ER. So he was doing a lot of gunshot wounds, a lot of stabbings, and oh yeah, I swear to God, he's like the calmest dude. I've never seen him yell. Like, he's just the calmest dude. Very laid back, very calm, and I like. Yeah. I just imagine him being that person in those chaotic moments. It's like the one calm dude, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But I, I can only imagine like how much that probably actually weighed on him over all that time. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That generation was hardcore. They were cut from a hard cloth. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. He talks about like all the, Oh, he doesn't, he doesn't like condemn the new surgeons, but he does say that there's like, there's a, there's a difference in like the new surgeons that are coming in and the ones that have been around for a while. They're like, it's different, different cut. Um, But yeah, it's all also just desensitized. I can't say the word right now, but desensitizes. Yeah. Yeah. No matter whose generation How do you, like, how do you, how do you, how did you, how long have you been doing this? Well, we could be here for another four hours. That's why I'm going to be your next, (laughs) your next client here. Uh, But effectively, I, just, I find it fascinating because it is—it really is just like constant recurring. 
I retired. PTSD. Well, I, I retired a few years ago. Good for um, you. Due to basically it all coming to a head and just oh. getting panic attacks and the whole nine. So I was just like, yep, I'm done. You know, Good for you. So. You're not the first person I've heard that in that same path that, that dipped out. They're like, no, we're not doing this. Especially because I don't feel like they don't they they don't take care of you guys well enough. Like you guys should be having weekly therapy sessions and it should just be a part of the job, right? If not bi weekly, like Yeah. But you just can, to process and deal with stud. You can imagine how that conversation goes around essentially oh. you know, soldiers or like firefighters or like the culture that to me is actually the greatest hurdle it's sort of probably the culture change shift that will will happen over the course of time because like like i was saying the old ass hardcore version of being a badass in yesteryear it did work i'm not gonna say it didn't but i don't think that mentality works as well for the newer generations like yeah, mostly I think because they're waking up and they're like, we're not doing this with our lives, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just there's better ways to deal with, like, your feelings, I guess, you know, for lack of a better term, than essentially sitting around making fun of each other and try, oh, I see what try, you mean. trying okay, to like... see who's, the, like, the most macho. And okay, yeah, I see what you mean. I don't even mean that from just the dudes. I mean, it's everybody's trying to be, like, their most hardest, baddest self. I feel like yeah unfortunately I feel like it is like nearly destroyed um you're gonna come on a travel trip with me to my kitchen to get more wine because that's Hell yeah. um feel free to edit that out if not I really don't care um no, that's perfect unfortunately I, I think you have a good point with that and I think it's slowly like destroying women as well because I feel like women are expected to have this this strength in them nowadays that isn't really natural um I, I, you know I, I I'm glad we can vote. All that stuff is really great. I, I'm certainly in a feminist to a certain extent, um, but I feel like we've kind of lost touch with our natural tendency to be soft and to be gentle and to be kind. Not kind, but um, I don't know. I feel I feel like there's there's been a disconnect. Like instead of women being able to express their emotions, they're like, "Oh, you're doing so good. Like keep it up. Stay strong. Blah blah blah. Be strong. All this stuff." And um, I feel like it's unfortunately been like a little bit of a detriment to especially young girls growing up now because they're not i don't feel like they're truly experiencing their femininity because it's almost been being like shunned in a weird way yeah it is weird how like if you i I try to say like i'm going to say objectively here which i'm sure you know it's probably not actually objective but i like to think that there is like a feminine energy that's objective and a masculine energy that's objective it's like it Mm -hmm. it comes it emanates from like the universe like the sun yeah like, i don't know from somewhere it's the basis of and creation like, in a sense like we both right. have a masculine okay my dog has decided she's officially in the room with me okay it's yeah um your gut yeah it's it's um we each have a masculine and a feminine in in each of us and i see right. it all the time with my reiki clients you know left left body versus right body right brain versus left brain i see imbalances all the time um and i see a lot of excess masculine energy in women and i see some excess feminine energy in men. And it's it's not a surprise that these imbalances are there because we're kind of being 
Yeah, pushed and pulled. This whole toxic masculinity power play with women thing is really twisting people up. Really yeah. twisting them up. Yeah, I guess it was probably easier back in the day. They were simpler. You could just, I don't know, you had a role that you were supposed to fill, which obviously created its own problems. Yeah, I do sure. Kinda, I kind of sure. look at the evolution of, of the species all the time, no matter what era that there is a recorded history. And there's always like the pushback of like something going too far so mm-hmm. like if there was a you know the patriarchal male dominated society for however long period there's naturally going to be like a reaction to that eventually and i think we're yeah. seeing like obvious just the obvious reaction to that well i think i think right now yeah. we're, we're still seeing a suppression of women i think we're seeing a suppression of women in the sneakiest way ever yeah it is quite subversive yeah i mean when you think about it like there's this it's a funny conspiracy theory where they claim that the reason they wanted women back in the workforce is and like out of the home was because they a wanted additional income tax yep and because b they wanted the mother to not raise the kids so that the public school system could start to indoctrinate and raise the kids like get the mom out of the picture get her working um Oh yeah, it's the whole theory of like destroying the the nuclear family concept. Um, no, I mean it's a, actually not a even a theory. It's a basic fact that we're still operating on an education system that came from like I think the eighteen hundreds, and it was some you know militaristic for factory workers. Yeah, it was, it was like, designed for factory workers, but it was which is first what we're developed creating. by an army, <laughs> like mm-hmm. the ar- mm-hmm. like first like soldiers. And then they just try yeah. to mess with that a little bit without using too many particulars and names here. Yeah. But, um, Rock they, uh, yep. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> Good old Rocky. Yep. And ever since then, we've been using their system for education, which is freaking crazy. Yeah. They did it with the medical system, too. Um, oh, yeah. The whole, um, just when they found out how much money they can make off of. Um, petroleum-based prescriptions. They literally go to the Rockefeller Foundation and a couple of other like, large families that um, basically rewrote the entire like doctoral training. Yeah. Um, at all the Ivy League schools, all the other schools called with don't find, don't look for the like original cause, the spiritual cause, the the diet cause, you know. Yeah. And then we can get into food, and this could be an, a very long conversation, but um, oh, we're getting into it. It's <laughs> <laughs> you. Uh, it's you, a little. It's a little bit of a mess, but I think it's coming to a head. I mean, I hope. Yeah. I think people are waking up um, and starting to say no, but unfortunately, we're, we're pretty far along in terms of food control, and there there need to be some some pretty quick movements and quick shifts to get us out of the trajectory that we're on right now. Yep. We're all going to have to go out and buy farms. Vaction nature. Um, yeah. I <laughs> mean, that's pretty much <laughs> your best. Like everybody should be at least slightly self-sufficient. Um, yeah. I don't know what that, the, the problem is. Like I think about this, not all the time, but it's, it's certainly a concept that um, repeats itself with me is like, what is the solution? Right? Like we need so many things that are so reliant upon outside food sources, right? And it's yeah. even not even to mention like our level, the level of gluttony that we're at right now in terms of like overconsumption and waste. 
like really know what the solution is like like we hear from like the global like the UN like all these the WAF all these organizations that like depopulation is the number one goal well how do you depopulate you kill people right <laughs> like or you you make them unable to reproduce you make them infertile so it's like what is the solution I don't it's wild yeah. it is wild to think about on obviously the big global big time scale Formal. but um you know, all the people I've heard on this matter always just say, you know, it starts with yourself first. Yes. The, the, yeah. old, the old Gandhi thing, be the change, blah, blah, blah. Because, I mean, oh, for sure. that's all you can ever really there, control there's anyway. A, well, there's a ripple mm-hmm. effect, right? So right. if you start to wake up a tiny bit, you realize like, oh, I'm going to read the ingredients in this cereal and actually Google them and see what they are. That starts a chain reaction. You start looking into yeah. other things, you start looking into the water quality, you start looking into, then you start going down rabbit holes. Right. And once that shift starts to happen in you, and again, that can be very dark and very, like, I work with a lot of clients that are just starting to wake up. They're just, something happened yeah. to them, they got sick, they're just starting to wake up and say, oh my God, I'm not sick, I've been poisoned, right? Yeah. So they're just starting to wake up, and that is a very dark, very lonely, very hard place to be in. It's tough. Because their whole reality is shattering around you. What you thought was true is not true. It's something very malicious and kind of insidious in reality. Um, so yeah. so that's it, it's that transitional state that I, I like to help people get there. Because there is hope. I mean, it can seem very dark yeah. and very gloomy. But your job at that point is to start shifting yourself. Learn as much as you can. Change your diet. Change your environment. Reduce your stress. Shift. Because when you shift... The people around you are going to see that you're doing that. And if yep. you can affect four, five, 20, a million people, no matter that number, at least it's the plus one, right? Yep. And then that person, chain reaction, chain reaction, chain reaction. Then they'll hit someone exactly. big, a million people, you know, whatever. Um, yep. So th- that's, it really is when you get that hopeless, worthless, but not worthless, that hopeless in that, like, oh, what can I even do? When you start to shift, you're, that's your best chance to contribute hell yeah easier said than done i will will raise my wine glass to you (laughs) cheers (laughs) well said what are you drinking oh only the finest and it's one of the best kept secrets uh it's aldi wine aldi wine (laughs) yes I dare you to go down the wine rabbit hole sometime soon. That's a fun one. Well, just if you're ever in D.C. or Virginia, or if anyone's listening to this out of beyond that, they don't sell like alcohol in most grocery stores in Maryland, but they do everywhere else apparently. So if you're, yeah. ever, if you're in an Aldi down there, it's three fifty a bottle. Three fifty, oh. and it sounds gross, but I've drank many a good wine in my day, and. Uh, Hey, it seems fine to me. So they... this this past year, I have well, I did like a big deep dive on wine. I love wine, but I I try to cut as many toxins out of my daily <laughs> intake as yeah. possible. And it's in the bathroom. The bathroom already surfaced. It got I got so frustrated at one point. I was just like, whatever. I was like, literally, if it's from the United States it's loaded with pesticides like regardless even some of the organic ones 
Like yeah. and the organic wines, unfortunately, just kind of taste like crap. I'm not gonna lie. I haven't found a, an organic wine where I'm like, this is delicious. <laughs> I'm like, this is gonna kill me tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but from the research that I did do, I kept coming across this concept that rosé, hmm. particularly from either France, France. So so France has some some laws on pesticides. There's a lot of pesticides that we use here in the states that are banned over there. Um, but rosé is the one wine where it spends the least amount of time in the skins, like as it's as they're creating the wine. And the skins is where all the pesticides are. That's so true. when you get red wine, it, it's sitting in the in the red the red skins. White wine is sitting in the white skins. But with rosé, it's 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 a shorter period of time, so fewer amounts of pesticides. The rosé has the lowest some of the lowest ratings of pesticides in them so now i'm just like rosé all day baby like rosé is um right on. what i drink and i don't get hung over which incredible because most wines will give me a really bad headache i'm gonna find out if aldi sells rosé now <laughs> <laughs> sounds like cause I, I could be girl i was a cab and a metal back like that was all i would drink was cab heavy d i'm on like legs on that baby right like i want to see like syrup um yeah. Or like a Sauvignon Blanc. And then I went down the rabbit hole and I was like, I can't drink any of that anymore. Like, I can't. This is why I'm getting headaches. Like, whatever. Um, so now I'm off the rosé bath and I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not looking back. It's sad. I do I do think about that delicious, like, chocolatey, velvety Cabernet mm. from, like, Argentina. But I can only drink. Yeah. Well, I can always sweat it out. That's what I do. <laughs> Are you like a um, sauna guy? Like, do you get into like, no, or do not, you work out or what's your deal? I don't have that much money. So I just jog. <laughs> right. <laughs> jog. Yep. Especially yeah, if I'm really hungover. Nothing better. Just Really? It's terrible. But like you just jog a couple miles and you sweat it out and you're like, oh, life's okay again. <laughs> oh my God. I guess I could do that. I'm like, I'm going to sleep until I wake up and I don't feel like dying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't do well with hangovers. We've all been there, especially. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, this has been a, a real, really fun conversation, honestly. I, like I said, yeah. I, I, I don't get to dive into all these kind of subjects every day. I thought about it earlier. I was like, how esoteric, like, how, how far do I want to go with this? I was like, I'm just going to let whatever happens, happens. Like, it is what it is. Yeah. Well, I can't uh, promise what other podcasts might want to talk about, but I'm definitely happy to go down those rabbit holes. Wow. Cool. Um, did, any, did I glaze over anything musically? I mean, we nailed down that uh, you got a show coming up. Um, like an original show, obviously you got more than just that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I think that's like, pretty good. I mean, I'm in like a trying to figure out what I'm going to do next phase and so nothing too exciting to report upon. Um, but yeah, that original show is going to be, it's going to be, and, and 49 West is a, it's a smaller venue. Um, mm. I think they maybe have 55 seats in house. I don't, that, that might even be too much. I think it might be like 35, 40. Yeah. Um, it's a smaller venue, so if, if anybody is interested in going, I would advise calling and making reservations. I know we've had a handful of people already make reservations, um, so it is tight. So I do advise if you were planning on going, don't just hope that you can show up and like get a ticket because it's it's not gonna gonna not, not gonna work that way. And they don't 
they don't do tickets in advance. They do reservations and they add, I think we're doing $20. Yeah, $20, they add $20 to your tab. So that's how that, that works. That's cool. And then um, I like to feature songs on the episode. So um, I'm guessing probably don't have any drop in the next like couple weeks. So. Oh, I don't. Um, which ones would you like to go with? Uh, which which ones of the older ones, I guess. Unless you want to feature a new one on here. That's fine, too. But, Speed up, uh, oh, no. uh, Oh, and I was like, cool. All right. Um, so they picked Homegrown. So I got to stop you. I lost you there for a good 20, oh, 30 cool. seconds. Um, <laughs> which song did you say? Um, I think he could go with Never Let You Go. Right on. Any backstory? Yeah. Um, yes, I. that's an older song. I think I wrote that. When I was in college at some point. And it was about a song I had written for another person. And then kind of over time, I realized that I was really just writing it, like, to myself. Like, you should never, regardless of what's going on in your life, like, don't let yourself go. Like, you are your best friend. Like, you are your only companion for the entire set of existence that you're here. Like, but I eventually realized, when I recorded, I realized, like, oh, my God, like, I was writing this to myself. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. Right on. Well, Sweet. hopefully, uh, I, you know, we cross paths here one of these Absolutely. days. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. At, at a show or whatever, or at the next, the, not even kidding, next Reiki session. So Please. I'd love to. Um, I'd absolutely love to. <laughs> I probably probably need one. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> Clear some stuff out. Yeah. Yeah, that or I gotta hit the next uh, next Costa Rica trip. You know, one of the two. <laughs> Some cobwebs in there that need the. Yeah, we all do. I mean, we all do. It's all part of the process. I think I'm kind of on the Ram Dass philosophy. Every couple years, you know, like kind of reset you a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I mean, at least giving yourself the opportunity to really. Because we built like anger in particular, like we build yeah. it up, right? I don't know. Like we don't release it in healthy ways. Like you can get somewhere and just fucking scream and like uh, let it out. Like even if it's in your bathroom, right? Like oh, just yeah. find a place to do it because that's our biggest issue, I think, in our current society is our relationship with anger. I agree. That's why I play hockey so I can fight people. Hell yeah! There you go. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> That'll do it. That'll do it cool um, but yeah i'll get this edited up and hopefully out on the airwaves within a week or two and um Great. i guess i'll text you if i have any questions but I'll well thank you, you so much have a good night bye so yeah thanks to jennifer for coming on the show and thanks to you for listening the song that you're hearing in the background is called never let you go later
Oh. Uh-huh.